Welcome to Ball Court. I'm your host, Coach Drew, and this is the world of basketball. And yes, what a world it has been this week. The, the Knicks look like the Golden State Warriors, and the Golden State Warriors look like the Knicks, right here on Ball Court. Welcome to Ball Court. I am your host, Coach Drew. This is basketball, and yes, Everybody has been jumping. We have been going crazy due to the fact that basketball is back. The season is back. And this premiere week has been crazy. First and foremost, let's go ahead and jump into the topic. The elephant in the room. Or better yet, the freak in the room. Yes, Giannis, he signed that five-year contract. And everybody was thinking, okay, he got this five-year extension. He's going to ball out. That's exactly what the fans wanted. Because the fans decided, hey. If you're going to pay this guy this much money, I want to see something right away. But as always, when somebody gets an extension that I've noticed, sometimes there's a little bit of a lag. Not with Giannis. Giannis has been playing well, but the team around him has not been playing up to speed. Now, let me go ahead and say something right now. This was the same thing that I was talking about. What could happen if the Bucks come around year two, year three, after this contract's been signed, and they're still playing on the level that they're playing at right now? See, when I go back and take a look at this team, this, is, this team is a very good team, very well-placed team. But at the same point in time, they're getting beat by teams that they should not get beat by. Let me go ahead and explain. They came out, started out the season strong. A matter of fact, they actually went into a game against the um, uh, against the Golden State Warriors, and they actually played phenomenal, flat out just blazing them, one thirty eight to ninety nine. And yes, Giannis was doing his thing, scoring fifteen points and thirteen rebounds. Not super phenomenal, not like it was. Uh, I can't say it was worth you know a five-year extension at the Supermax, that wasn't that great, but it was definitely good. It was formidable in what he was doing. But Chris Middleton came out and just flat out just lit it up, 31 points. You know, four rebounds and five assists. So he was still moving the ball, not as much as you'd like him to, but he lit it up. But you cannot actually say, hey, you know what? We're going to depend on that from Chris Middleton every night. That's not the reason that you have that kind of team. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you look at a team like that and you say, hey, this is the team that we are. This is going to be your number two going forward. This is something that you want to worry about. Bucks took it, like I said, 138 to 99 over the Warriors, defeating the Warriors. Now, it was a game high he had, game high of 31 points. So that means he led everybody. He was the one doing his thing. Everything rested on his shoulders while your MVP, who was getting paid big money, was only getting th going 13 for 15. But let's take a look. If you really sit it down, if you say, hey, if we look at things in a fashion in that, like, I right, let's stop and think. Let's, let's call time out for a second. If we look at it like this. Your, big, your, your, your star is not supposed to have to show up every night. He's supposed to have the people around him and that's going to be able to perform and step up when they do. But what happens when Chris Middleton scores a normal percentage? What happens when he drops 22, per se? Yes, let me tell you what happens. They go against the Knicks and get absolutely smoked. Yes, the Knicks dropped 130 
over the Bucks, dropping only one ten. And yes, Giannis had twenty seven points and thirteen rebounds. He was beasting, even giving up five dimes as well. Yes, it looked phenomenal. But what happens to the team around him? When you have only him and Chris Middleton actually putting up points, as a matter of fact, they were the only players that were over 20 points in that game for the um, for the Bucks in their 110 points. They were the only two that was over 20. You cannot win in today's NBA, even against the Knicks. Yes, the Knicks, they were, they were actually just all out blazing them. Julius Randle had 29 points. You cannot win a game if you let Julius Randle go for 29. And with 14 rebounds, almost a triple-double with having seven assists, you can't sit there and say that, okay, we are the next team. We're going to that next level. So I ask you, after a super match like that, what now? Who do you find that's going to stop Alfred Payton? from dropping 27 on you. How do you stop this from happening? So I look at things. I look at the way, go, way it's going, even if you are collecting fouls and going to the basket and doing the things that made you great during your MVP season, even if your jump shot does improve and that three-pointer three that you have ends up stretching the floor just a little bit more so you could drive to the basket, what now? When you drop 27 one night and get absolutely blazed, and Chris Middleton drops 31, and y'all and y'all demolish the Golden State Warriors. But they're the Golden State Warriors, who they got us out, outside of, you know, Clay. I mean, outside of our staff. With Clay out and all, it's kind of, uh, yeah, you won, but did you really win? Type thing. So I want to go ahead and jump on, you know, because I got to move on to the next thing. We're going to go into Houston. And I know that a lot of people, including myself, have really been coming down on James Harden lately, especially with the uh, turmoil that's been taking place ever since he demanded a trade. A lot of people say that, you know, he hasn't really been feeling the team. As a matter of fact, the last time right here on this show, I actually reported that he was after practice and playing with them during the preseason. He wasn't too much feeling the team. But due to uh, COVID and um, some regulations that they had to make sure that everybody was healthy enough to play and they had enough players, the first game for the Houston Rockets was actually delayed. So when it did come out, it was time. We want to see it. You know, Houston Rockets, Portland Trailblazers, they're going to go at it. Is it going to be Dame time or is it going to be the Bears stepping back from three? But let me tell you, it was absolutely phenomenal. I thought to myself, I said, self, you know that James Harden has that level of professionalism that he's going to go out here and do exactly what is needed. And myself said, you know what? You are right. And guess what? Myself was right. He went out there, he stepped up, and he showed that he is a professional. In that, it was an overtime loss. Yes, I do understand that. They did go out and play hard but and did take an L for doing so. But when you really look at it, come on. When you really look at it, stop and think. Did you really lose? I think we gained a win here. James Harden dropped 44 points. He had 17 assists. So that means he was getting everybody involved. He, it wasn't just all him. As a matter of fact, you know, Christian Wood, the center, Christian Wood. And this is somebody that James Harden himself had to shout out. He was like, man, this boy was out there doing his thing. Christian Wood had 31 points and 13 assists. 
Shout out, young fella. Shout out. I, I got I got to give it up to you. You really stepped it up. Now, this is in a game where you had uh, such players like John Wall sitting out. You had such players like uh, DeMarcus Cousins sitting out. You know, and, this, and this, this was one of those games where this wasn't just a win. This was pretty much a statement. A statement that, yes, you know that you're not going to have um, – everything you want. You're not going to have as a matter of fact, Chris Chris Clemens, he was out with a right Achilles surgery. You know, DeMarcus Cousins, the health and safety reasons he was out. You know? So you're not going to have everything that you need and they're still going to win. This is similar to what's going on. It's kind of like a microcosm in a way of what's going on with James Harden. He doesn't have everything that he needs right now in Houston, but he's still trying to succeed. He's still trying to move forward. So I do believe that he has the professionalism that it's going to take to make sure that he does not lose himself to be an asset in the trade or diminish his trade value in any way. But here's what is going to take place. Somebody's going to come out looking bad on this. And it seems to me that the Houston Rockets is probably going to want to trade him better sooner than later because they do not want to end up in a bad situation. And James Harden is just going to keep putting up numbers and doing what James Harden do because he is such an elite player. You cannot look at him and say that that is not going to be what takes place. Now, when you add the little pieces around him, once they come back, of course, you know, 17 assists with DeMarcus Cousins is going to be pretty much standard for him. It's going to be part of the course. And John Wall is going to be feeding him buckets for easy step-back shots around the arc. So now you're in a situation where you have an unstoppable point guard, an unstoppable shooting guard, and one of the more dominant, you know, center slash forwards. So what do you do now? And me personally, if I was James Harden, yes, okay, out of the cage a little bit, shake the boat, hopefully you can work something out where you're pushing them to make the moves that is needed to go ahead and build the right pieces around you. Maybe a, another win or two. Maybe uh, a couple stretch of wins or a nice little win streak can make you feel like Steven Silas is the coach for you. We don't know. But one thing we do know is that currently you are a rocket and you did your thing dropping 44 and 17. So that's the Harden that we remember. And that's the Harden that we love, the beard doing his thing. Now, I want to jump on. Actually, before I go ahead and jump in, because I want to, you can tell that I was excited about this premiere week. This has been like, absolutely insane. Before I go ahead and jump in, I was I was going to talk about uh, one of James Harden's teammates, Kevin Durant. But before I get into that, I'm going to take a brief little break right now. I want you to stick with me right here around ball court. I am Coach Drew. This is the world of basketball. And, yes, this is our NBA Premier Week special. Stick with us right here on ball court. Tell me, is it pretty? He's out of sight. Is he good as all the girls say on any night? Can he afford to pay my way? You damn right. And you should be ashamed if you don't know his name. Is he pretty? He's out of sight. Is he good as all the girls say on any night? Can he afford to pay my way? You damn right. And you should be ashamed if you don't know his name. Bum, bum. 
Welcome back to Ball Court. I am your host, Coach Drew. This is the world of basketball. And man, I am super excited. I told you right before the break that we're going to jump in and start talking about Kevin Durant because everybody was on pins and needles, including myself. After watching the preseason and how he dominated during the preseason, I thought to myself, how is Kevin Durant going to be? What, who is Kevin Durant going to be? What kind of team are they going to be? And let me tell you, the more and more I look at this squad, the more I realize that they're like, they're like a super squad in a way. It's not even fair what kind of squad that they really are to me. See, here's what I here's what I see when I see them. Take a look at this. Let's go ahead and take a look back. Let's go ahead and look at over some games. Yes, I'm not, and I'm not talking about you know just the preseason games. I'm talking about once the season started and everything got hot and everybody's chest started beating. I'm telling you, they came out and they played phenomenal basketball against the Celtics. And they actually, and I'm telling you, the Celtics are not like a, a walkover team. If you were watching carefully during the first half, it was big shot after big shot from both teams. Haymakers were being thrown. Jason Tatum was hitting bank shots in the, from three-point range like it was nothing. They were like layups at a certain point. And speaking of layups, the way that Kyrie Irving was attacking the basket and moving it was phenomenal. And they call Kevin Durant the easy money sniper for a reason. He puts the ball on the floor. He does amazing things. In that game, he had 25 points, six rebounds, two assists. You know, it, was, it wasn't like one of his greatest, but hands down, he balled out. He, he came out. He did what he had to do. The lead was big enough for him to sit down and go ahead and just relax. But it didn't stop there. He still balled. And speaking of ball, he actually went against one of the players that I consider to be, uh, how should I put it? I consider them to be one of the elite young players in the league right now. Possibly my pick for rookie of the year. Yes, they played against the Hornets. And the Hornets, the Hornets, remind, mind you, Mind you, I just want to let you know, they actually was phenomenal against the Celtics, going 113 to 89 against the Celtics. 
Now, when they played against the Hornets with a very young team, a very uh, a very scrappy Terry Rozier, you think to, you think to yourself, okay. Bam, they're going to make quick work of them. As a matter of fact, Terry Rozier played behind Kyrie Irving back in Boston in this, with the Celtics. So both of these players are saying, hey, you know what? We're coming from a different. We're coming from a different time. I've seen you play. I've seen you practice. I know what you can do. So you're expecting Kyrie to completely dominate Terry Rozier. But that wasn't the case. It wasn't a game of domination. As a matter of fact, that game was a lot closer than you think. When you sit back and you say, okay, Kevin Durant had 29 points. Kyrie Irving had 25 points. There was no way anybody could win. There's no way anybody could beat them. But guess what? Gordon Hayward dropped 28 points. And then the entire Hornets stepped up. And I'm talking, when I say the entire Hornets stepped up, I mean six players all in double figures. And, of course, my favorite young pick, LaMelo Ball, has six points, but he had five amazing assists, even one where he gave it to Terry Rozier to dunk on Kevin Durant. Yes. I'm going to tell you the truth. Brooklyn Nets are better than what I thought they were. You know, I'm talking they are a phenomenal team. You have uh, young players like Spencer Dimwitty playing on the team, doing uh, some great things, even though he left the game with a little bit of an injury. Uh, hopefully, things do work out for him. Prayers up to him. I'm hoping that he comes back stronger. But hands down, when you look at their team, that team is deep. They have a bench that plays deep. They have a starting five that you can't. You, there's a mismatch literally at every position on their starting five. DeAndre Jordan is somebody that you cannot sit there and say that, okay, we can go one-on-one -on -one with this guy. You're going to have to turn around and play him in a fashion of like, say, hey, you know what? We got to double him. We got to double him. We got to find out who's going to help on the other end. And when you help, who do you leave? Do you leave Kevin Durant, who's going to hit your knockdown three, or a pull-up, hit you on a fadeaway? Or do you leave Kyrie Irving open? who could just get the ball and it's like magic in his hands. You don't know what he's going to do and it scares you whatever he's planning to do. You probably might not get the foul because he's so elusive of not getting touched once he gets into the lane. See, this is what you're going to have to contend with every single day in the East. It's not like something that uh, if I was James Harden, I'd be quickly to run out of the West to go ahead and contend with. Now, with that being said, there's a lot of teams in the East looking very, very good. Yes, Philly's looking good as well. And Boston, even though they did fall to the Brooklyn Nets, they still have been looking phenomenal and still a formidable challenge for the Brooklyn Nets going forward. But they are definitely a team that we're going to keep our eye on to find out if things are going to be played in the fashion in which the Brooklyn Nets are going to be playing it. I see that right now, especially with uh, Kyrie and Kevin Durant over there, both which I do believe neither one of them are very fond of the media. I think they're going to definitely have that team on a path of a us versus them kind of mentality. And that way of unifying a team could actually be one of the things that will lead them to demolishing just about every team. So when Kevin Durant played against his former team in Golden State, they did just that and demolished them because they lead that team in a fashion of it's us versus them. And it doesn't matter what the, the, the media says outside of their locker room. It doesn't matter what the critics say outside of their locker room. The only thing that's conservative was taking place in that locker room. And that kind of team 
could definitely be scary. You know? So, hey, I want to jump into some second helpings. Yes, we're going to jump into the second call, second helpings. Normally, we go from home cooking and we go right back into the world of basketball. But this time on our NBA special, you know what? That home cooking was so good, we need some more. So guess what? I'm going with second helpings, and guess what I think? Yes, we're talking about the Lakers on Christmas Day. It was the greatest present that any Lakers fan can receive, but guess what? As a basketball fan in a whole, I think the present fell a little bit short. I do feel that the Lakers looked phenomenal. They gave me a soft, fuzzy, warm feeling, kind of like Montel, Montrell's... Uh, Harris's shoes. It was Trez. He had those shoes with the furry thing around it. It had that nice warm feeling to it. That's how I felt watching the game as a Lakers fan. But as a basketball fan, you could clearly see that it seemed like the Dallas team was looking. They they looked beat out there. The matchup of Luka versus LeBron, we were expecting to see some great Luka magic and to see some beautiful play. But without Porzingis, you could clearly see that Dallas was just overmatched. It was like, it was like trying to throw out that big bag of garbage and you only have that little tiny uh, plastic thing that they have inside of it and you know it's gonna bust all over you and fall and you're trying to lift it into the container. That's how Luca probably felt playing against the Lakers. It was like nothing he could do would contain it. It seemed like they leaked out from every end and it was they were all over him. And yes, that level of play is something that the Lakers is going to be doing all year long. Now, when you stop and you think about this game, when you say, hey, the Lakers played pretty well, let me tell you, they did not just play pretty well. It was kind of, uh, it was kind of one of those days where you stop to you think to yourself, you're like, hold on. Is he really climbing up the list? And when I say he, I'm talking about LeBron James on these Christmas Day games. He is becoming one of the best Christmas Day players of all time. He's 10 and 5, you know, only uh, only person who has least of a losing record is uh, Dwayne Wade with 10 and 3. But he is actually 10 and 5 in these Christmas Day games. Now here's it, here goes another, another little uh tidbit that I kind of dig. On Christmas Day, the only person who scored more than LeBron James has scored on Christmas Day has been Kobe Bryant with 395 points. LeBron James has scored 383 points on Christmas Day. And since we know that he has signed that extension to play with the Lakers for another two years, and Anthony Davis is still probably going to be one of the most dominating players in the league, I'm more than assuming that next Christmas, 2021, he will be playing once again on Christmas Day, depending how the season goes and what can happen with the season. But I definitely believe that he'll be playing on Christmas Day. And rest assured, I feel it. I'm putting my money down right here, right now, that he will score at least 13 points. And he will break the record to have the most amount of points on Christmas Day. It's like, how could you hate this man? It's like every turn he turns, everything he do, he shows that he's just more than, more than just. More than just an athlete, more than just a guard, more than just a forward, more than just a basketball player. More than just a scorer, more than a passer, more than just. He has just been phenomenal, hands down, and I'm, I'm loving what I'm seeing. I have to give a shout-out to him. 
congratulations, LeBron. Keep on doing what you're doing. I'm digging what you're doing. And Lakers, keep on doing what you're doing. Now, on the upside, because to every story like this where somebody gets completely demolished and get beaten down in the NBA, you got to think about it. There is always an upside. And the Dallas Mavericks, they found their upside. They said, we went to L.A. on Christmas and was beaten properly on Christmas. They stayed in L.A. and they had to play the Clippers. And guess what? History was made. I have to give it up to the Clippers. You know, they blamed Doc Rivers for what happened in the bubble. They said, hey, you know, there could have been more, but, you know, they fired Doc Rivers. They got rid of Doc Rivers. You know, got, got him out of there for what happened in the bubble. Yes. And then they come back this year, started off so well, 2-0. Paul George is lighting people up, doing what he does. And then they come to this game against Dallas, and they made history. Yes, they were the first team ever in NBA history to ever be down by 50 points at half. You heard it correct. Dallas Mavericks had 77 to 27 points. Paul George out of those 27 points had 13 points, going 4 of 12, shooting 33%. And listen, let me tell you, they were losing. Yes, without Kawhi Leonard, Kawhi wasn't on the floor. I understand Kawhi wasn't on the floor. But tell me, in that first half, how much could Kawhi contribute? Was Kawhi a 51-point upswing by him not being there because he got hit in the mouth and, you know, got seven stitches, caught a, you know, a rogue elbow from Serge Ibaka and, and started bleeding a little bit. So he is out with the eight stitches that he had in his lip so he didn't get to play. Even still, even still, Paul George. How should I put it? How should I put it? Maybe some of you were fooled by those first two games of the season. But it is exactly who we saw in the bubble. And that third game, when they were making history, that is exactly who we saw in the bubble. Hey, listen, 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 listen. This, this loss, as a coach myself, I tell my kids all the time, every win you get, that is yours. Every loss that you take, that is mine. That falls on me. But this time I go against that. Tyron Lue, hold your head up. This is not you. This is not you. You coach professional basketball players. They were down by 50 by the half. These are professional basketball players. They get paid money. He just signed an extension. He said, I've been in the gym working with my trainer. You were down by 50 at the half. What was your training teaching you? I feel like we should be grilling him like, like they were going after Harden. They should go after Paul George like that. What were you training? What were you doing in Atlanta and Vegas? I was with my trainer. <laughs> what were y'all training for? What were you training for? Because obviously you wasn't training for basketball. You got hit with 50 points. They dropped 5-0 on you. That should be a mercy rule. That should, they should have cut the game. I'm going to tell you the truth. If this was 2K, you would have had to pass the sticks. Clippers, y'all got to do better. You got smoked. Y'all got lit up. 
There is no coming back from this. The only way that anybody can look at the Clippers going forward and Paul George going forward and say that you are elite, your team is elite, you have to win the West. It is now on you. You now have to win the West to even be considered just a decent team. Because even if, even if you win the West, you will go into the playoffs and everybody will turn around and say that, I don't think they're going to make it. But you have to win the West for us to consider you a decent team. If you don't win the West, if you do not have the best record coming out the West, I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to tell you what everybody else is thinking, and I'm going to say it right here on my show. It was not Doc Rivers' fault. It's not Tyron Lewis' fault. It's not Doc Rivers' fault. We have to put the blame where blame is due. Paul George is not an elite athlete. Pull Point blank, he is not he is not the top-tier basketball player that everybody's making him out to be. Those picks that uh, that the Lakers gave up, they they gotta eat that. I mean the Clippers gave up, they gotta eat that. And they're gonna have to eat that. I'm telling you. Man, they they had me, they had me upset. It was like a high school team. It looked like a high school team out there. i we play AAU ball with some of the best girls in the valley. And when we put up a 50 spot on somebody by half, do you understand? Do you understand that nobody's allowed? We have to start telling everybody, hey, five passes before you shoot. And that's what it looked like out there. It looked just like that. It looked like it looked like an elite AAU team playing against some novice basketball players. This was sad. This, this was something that y'all got to do better. But I'm going to go ahead and jump on real quick. We're going to jump over to Coach Drew's team to watch. This is the team that I want everybody to keep an eye on this, this, uh, this season. They have not been – I'm not sitting here telling you that they're winning every game, they're blowing teams out. But every game that they've played, they've been in that game. As a matter of fact, their losses is a total of a nine-point difference over their losses for the season. Now, this is the type of team that I like. I, they're very exciting to watch. They're very fast-paced. I'm talking about the Charlotte Hornets. Yes, not because, just because they're led by a Scary Terry who actually, actually runs the floor and plays the game with bad intentions. He plays the game like he's angry at the game. He's like a smaller version of Russell Westbrook with a meaner attitude. And I really dig that about him. But that's not the only reason. I'm telling you, this team right here, you have people like Miles Briggs who's ready to jump up there and climb up there to get big baskets. Gordon Hayward, who's been a known scorer since the days at Butler, putting the ball in the hope is his thing. And even though his appearance may change a little bit from time to time, from nerdy to debonair, he's still one of the best scorers out there. And he just runs the floor in the perfect fashion. Now, you add that with Devontae Graham, who could actually spread the floor and shoot the three, sprinkle in a little bit of LaMelo Ball, which, if they are smart, especially during his rookie year, with the first part of the season, that they're going to just sprinkle him in just a little bit. You know, use him sparingly. Use him as a rookie instead of using him as LaMelo Ball. If you utilize him as a rookie and get his feet wet and get the game to slow down for him, he's going to be absolutely phenomenal. As a matter of fact, it's not going to be fair when you really look at it, playing on that level. So this is definitely going to be a team to watch. A very exciting team. I don't say, I'm not saying that they're going to come out here and uh, 
dominate. They're not going to win 60 games. They're going to actually probably be somewhere around the level of 40, 45 games that they actually pull off that they win. But I see them definitely creeping into the playoffs and making a big stink out there. Definitely, they are my team to watch. Yes, Coach Drew's team to watch is the Charlotte Hornets. Check them out this season. I guarantee you some exciting basketball will be on its way. Now, lastly, I want to go ahead and give a shout-out. During this segment, this is a word from our coach. This is usually when I give a time of inspiration or I give a shout-out to some of the uh, better teams that are out there that are doing the things that they are doing. Now, one of those teams that I definitely want to go ahead and give a shout-out to is my team. Yes, the Vegas Lights. The Vegas Lights, they're actually going to be going into the main hoops for the first time this weekend. And as they go ahead and approach their first main hoops debut, I know that that 7th and 8th grade team, with only a few 8th graders on there, is looking at possibly being their first of many times being there. So... This is one thing, that, a piece of advice that I want to give them and every other team that is going to be uh, participating in the Made Hoops tournament this weekend. This is an opportunity. Not an opportunity just to showcase your talents, but also an opportunity to showcase yourself as an individual for the scouts that is going to be there. This is your chance to step up and stand up and show that you are more than just a standard athlete, that you are a high-level professional. So you want to handle yourself. You want to carry yourself in the manner in which you do. You know, so when you go out there, remember, sportsmanship comes first. Remember, be safe, be knowledgeable, be caring of the other players out there, but also be aware. Be aware of who you are, be aware of what you're doing, and be aware of what this moment is. Take in the moment, enjoy the moment, embrace it, but also just be aware of the moment. And at the end of the day, what matters the most is how hard you work and how hard you perform out there. And that's the only thing that, that's gonna be, that you're going to be measured by. So going forward, let me go ahead and tell you this. is my piece of advice for Coach Drew, that leave it out all on the floor. But at the same time, when you respect yourself and you respect the name that's on the front of the jersey and respect the name that's on the back of the jersey and the family that stands behind it, you will do some great things. So all of you ladies, yes, I am going to be rooting for you. I will be cheering for you. I will be coaching you on the sidelines as we move forward throughout that tournament. But I will let you know that when you are out on the floor, you are there by yourselves. You are there to make the right choice, and everybody's backing you. I can call the plays, but you take the shots. And so for that, I say Vegas Lights, we wish you all the best in your, in your success as moving forward in that tournament for the Made Hoops. And, yes, I want to thank y'all for hanging out with me. Before I let you go, I wanted to take a brief moment to give a quick shout-out to my sponsor. He wants to go ahead and give you some words. These words is from CashToCheckIn.com. Check them out. Cash to Checking is one of the nation's leading finance companies providing up to $400,000 in unsecured funding for business or personal use. We have relationships with over 250 lenders nationwide. Through the use of our proprietary software, we are able to secure over 80% more funding for our clients. We help clients obtain funding for real estate investment, business startups, down payment assistance, working capital, medical. That was cashyourchecking.com. 
When you're tired of living their dreams, you're ready to start living your own, go to cashyourchecking.com. This way you can build a better tomorrow today. Check them out. Tell them Drew sent you. I want to give a special shout out to CWN Sports for bringing me out here every day. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I really do appreciate it. Bringing me into everybody's home every week. And yes, I also want to go ahead and give a special shout out to Let's Kick It. Check out my other podcast, Let's Kick It. We talk about fashion. We talk about sneakers. We talk about what's happening off the court and how it's going to be pertaining to what goes on on the court. It's really cool. You should check it out. And if you every morning, you definitely got to go ahead and wake up with Sean Harvey and the morning crew. That morning team, they'd be doing some big things. You know, Bobby Cologne and Steny J, they will make you smile and get your morning started in the right way. Also, you got to give a shout out to Blitz. Man, Malik, he be giving me some information. He'll tell you the truth in the right way and put his little spin to it. If, if you heard, didn't hear what he said about James Harden, definitely go back and go to CWN Sports right now and check out that podcast. And also, you got to be signed up. Go to radio.com. Make sure you are subscribing. Because when you hear the ding, you know that Coach Drew is doing his thing. I will see you next time right here on Ball Court. I am Coach Drew. This has been the world of basketball. And I want to thank you for joining me in my world. This is a CWN Sports Network presentation.